Joining us for a conversation is Bob Moriarty, the founder of 321Gold and 321Energy.com. Mr. Moriarty, welcome to the show, sir. It's good to be back. It's been a long time. <laughs> well, one week to be exact. Great to have you oh, back. Yeah, but sometimes a week is a long time. <laughs> it can be. <laughs> well, today we plan to find out if the financial markets are in for a market crash. Will we see hyperinflation and some buying opportunities for your portfolio? Bob, my email was flooded last week with feedback from our last interview. No surprise, of course. And for those that missed the interview, you can watch the interview by clicking the link in the top left corner that just popped out and also in the description box below. Now, before we get into today's discussion, I would like to remind our audience members on a very critical comment you made last week on how to stop the war. Would you please remind us? what you shared. Uh, yes, and, and here's what's very important and is being lost in the fog of war, and I have never seen so much negative propaganda about Russia in my life. Uh, Putin's demands were very simple. Crimea is and always was part of Russia. The, the two independent nations to the east of Ukraine voted 96% to remove themselves from Ukraine after the illegal coup d'etat sponsored by the United States. Uh, and Putin has made it clear, and there have been dozens and dozens of smart, intelligent uh, commentators going back 30 years saying uh, moving NATO to the east would be a giant mistake. And that even includes Joe Biden said it would be a mistake to, to bring the Baltic states into NATO. If joining NATO offered some value, I, I think you could argue, you know, maybe it's a good idea, but joining NATO offers no value whatsoever. And the Ukrainians have even said they want nuclear weapons. And Putin said, that's a red line. You're not going to cross it. And everybody was actually astonished when he went to war because nobody in the West, certainly not Trudeau, Macron, uh, Harris, Biden, nobody does what they say they're going to do. I, I got a bunch of emails saying, well, the United States really didn't agree uh, to move NATO to the east, and I said, well, yeah, they did, and there was a signed document. Well, yeah, but they didn't cross their fingers behind their back when they said that. The United States has a long, several hundred-year pattern of we don't honor our commitments. Now, I think that's a bad thing. If you think the United States honors its treaty, go talk to an Indian and ask him what he thinks. We could end the war in one day, and all Ukraine has to say is, look, we're going to recognize Crimea as independent, we're going to recognize Donbass as independent, and we're not going to join NATO. And, and here's what's even worse. For a country join NATO, the other NATO nations have to agree. Now, if Germany, that's going to be destroyed financially, had come up and said, look, we're going to vote against it. We think it's a stupid idea. So Europe had the opportunity to take a stand. The European leaders had the opportunity to lead, and they haven't been willing to. Everybody wants to act like they're some kind of sock puppet for the U.S., and that's really stupid. 
And to your point, Bob, you shared some video footage with me from C-SPAN dating back to June 20th, 1997 of a then coherent Senator Joe Biden, where he addresses the impacts of the Baltic states membership into NATO. Let's roll the tape. I think the one place where the greatest consternation would be caused in the short term for admission, having nothing to do with the merit and preparedness of the country to come in, would be to admit the Baltic states now in terms of NATO-Russian, U.S.-Russian relations. And if there was ever anything that was going to tip the balance were it to be tipped in terms of a vigorous and hostile reaction, I don't mean military, in Russia, it would be that. Bob, I tip my hat to you, sir. You called it. Well, uh, I'm going to call something this time you're not going to be particularly happy about, but it's probably the greatest financial call in history. <laughs> well, sticking with the war, looking at the West's economic and energy response, what is the potential we're headed for a market crash? 100%. And what makes you say that, sir? Well, it's interesting because that was my prediction. Uh, <laughs> in combat, and I spent a lot of time in combat, smart generals do not win wars. Everybody thinks, well, we got smart generals, we'll win the war. That's not how it works. The way it actually works is really stupid generals, they lose wars. So in combat, you're always trying to force your enemy into making a mistake because if they make a mistake, then you capitalize on it. So you don't have to be smart. You just have to create a situation where your enemy is being stupid. Sanctions are a weapon. And they're a weapon that fires in both directions. Now, when you fire a weapon, there is always an equal and opposite blowback. So the United States loves sanctions, okay? Because sanctions always hurt the other guy. We had sanctions against Saddam Hussein. It killed 500,000 Iraqi children under the age of five. Now, there is kind of a flaw to sanctions, if we put sanctions on Saddam Hussein and 500,000 Iraqi children died, how much did it hurt Saddam Hussein? It didn't. Not at all. Now, we've had sanctions against Cuba since 1960. It didn't hurt Fidel. It didn't hurt Raoul. It didn't hurt the management of the country. It just hurt the people. The insanity of sanctions today... I just, every time I look at news, I just go, God, did they do that? They are so stupid. So we put sanctions against Russia that produces 9 or 10% of the world's oil and, and far more of that in natural gas, intending to hurt them. Who did it hurt? Well, it's going to hurt you. I paid 20 euros yesterday for nine liters. And if you work out the cost, that's about 12 bucks a gallon. Mm. You are going to see 8 or 10 or $12 a gallon gasoline, period. So the sanctions in theory are against Russia, but in practice are against the United States. But here's where it gets totally insane. And if you had come to me and said, hey, I've got a really bright idea, and you would explain this to me that I'm about to tell you, I would say, Maurice, you just flat lost it. You've lost your fucking mind. <laughs> Who are we talking to about increasing the production of oil 
Despots. Right now. We're talking to Iran. We're looking Thank at you. Venezuela. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> okay. The... Uh, excuse me. Didn't we put sanctions on Iran mm-hmm. and Venezuela? Well, yeah, Bob, you did. Okay, okay, so if we hate Iran and we hate Venezuela, so we take the sanctions off because we hate Russia more? God, what kind of idiot came up with that plan? So you asked me a question about the stock market and the chance of it collapsing. When the United States put sanctions on Russia, and that includes the production of neon gas, what is the chance of it severely impacting the production of computer chips? Well, it it would be 100% because Russia actually produces most of the neon gas, and neon gas is a critical element of producing chips. So if we have, say, a third or 50% decline in chips, who's that going to hurt? Yeah, well, it hurts us more. Everybody. Everybody. Okay. Yeah. So if the stock market's going to crash, what's going to happen to the EU? Well, the EU is going to go broke. Okay, I'm going to tell you, it's so stupid because Russia produces nickel, produces copper, produces gold, produces silver, produces oil, produces natural gas, produces neon. And all you have to do is cut off the production of those, and you're going to have hundreds of thousands of people in the EU starve or freeze. And I, I, I'm i not saying a few people. Millions. I'm saying it is going to destroy the EU. It's going to destroy the euro, which is a fatally flawed currency in the first place. And the ultimate impact is it's going to destroy the United States. Now, what actually happened is Biden has forced every country in the world into one of two different mindsets. One mindset says the United States can do anything they want to. We don't give a damn. And the other mindset says, hey, those people are kind of crazy, and uh, you better make sure your assets are protected. And maybe the way to do that is to go to gold. Now, all Russia would have to do to be the most prosperous nation on earth is demand payment for oil and natural gas and gold. Mm -hmm. And I think quite bluntly they're going to do that. But I'm going to say categorically, and it's not something of opinion, this is just flat out, it couldn't be anything else. The United States has just made the worst, dumbest geopolitical decision in all of recorded history. The intent is to hurt Putin, but the actual impact of the decision is to destroy the economy of the West. We have moved the economic center of gravity 5,000 miles to the east. We just made China the second most important country on Earth. China and Russia have been buying gold for years, and this is exactly the reason, because they saw how stupid the United States was getting. So it's the net impact is catastrophe. And these are the unintended consequences that we see that government continues to make in their uh, ivory towers and their decision-making. And basically what you're saying is, is we didn't put sanctions on Russia. We put sanctions on ourselves. Well, no, that's not true. We did put sanctions on Russia, but the impact of the sanctions is going to be 100 times worse against the United States. I mean, we just made flat out the worst geopolitical decision. You talk about dumb generals. If Putin survives 
okay, the next month. He just won the entire war. It's totally insane. In France, there was some Russian oligarch who had a uh, $600 million yacht, and they seized it. So, you know, if you're really successful in your website, you make a lot of money, and you pick some good stocks, and you go buy a $600 million yacht, if the government wants to take it from you, they can. Okay, in Canada, Trudeau didn't like people disagreeing with his policies, so he started seizing bank accounts. You know, so if you had $6 million in your bank account one day, it was gone the next day. That's a really important decision. Government has just turned to total tyranny, and anyone with any sense is protect themselves and one of the ways to protect yourself is to own real assets. Now then, how many times have I predicted hyperinflation? We've heard you mention it several times in previous interviews. Okay, how would we know we have hyperinflation? What, what would be a signal? Commodities, I would look at wheat, I would look at nickel, I would look at copper. Okay, uh, hang on, hang on. You just said nickel. Nickel went up 111% two days ago. Do we have hyperinflation? <laughs> That's a great signal, a great indicator, I should say. <laughs> and absolutely. Here's what's scary. And, and if you had asked me, and I've been investing for 50 years, what is the chance of a commodity going up 111% one day? I'd say zero. Mm-hmm. It'd be a cold day at hell. We have just started to see the impact. I mean, the sanctions haven't even kicked in. Since Biden took office, we've had two million illegal immigrants across the border. The cost of gasoline in the United States on average, $4.17, but uh, it hit, I think, $8.29 in California today. The Biden administration wants to blame Putin for inflation, but inflation was 7.9% before Putin even thought about crossing the border. So we are in for some desperate times. Uh, we uh, China had a terrible, terrible wheat crop this year, and they've been storing and buying uh, cereals in advance. The United States and Ukraine produce somewhere between 30 and 45 percent of the wheat in the world. You literally could have a situation six months from now where you can't get a loaf of bread. And, and I'm telling you, I mean, the French Revolution in 1789 started over the, the price of a loaf of bread. And that's not too far-fetched. Just remember, ladies and gentlemen, two, a year and a half ago, we didn't have toilet paper. Look at the chaos then. I can certainly foresee this situation coming up. You know, speaking of hyperinflation, you just published a piece on the Daily Sentiment Index, also known as the DSI, which is published by Jake Bernstein. Check the description box below for a link to Mr. Bernstein's website. What is the DSI? And what are you convening your article there? That is a great question because of the timing, and that's not only your timing asking the question, it's my timing writing the article. I went to Jake years ago and said, I, I think you've got something that's very valuable, and I'd like you to give me a, a subscription. And subscription costs like 1200 bucks for six months, and I was too cheap to pay it. So uh, <laughs> he said, why should I do that? And I said, well, I'm sure my readers would be very interested in that because I think it gives very accurate signals. If you go back to 2011, I called the top at silver to the day based on the DSI. 
okay, it's not because I'm smart, it's because I can read. So uh, I wrote this on the 9th. It was gold, silver, platinum, palladium, standard and poor's, NASDAQ, euro, dollar, crude, heating, gasoline, wheat, CRB. Okay, how many people have you ever listened to that could predict a, a price turn on all those commodities to the day? Zero. Well, Except for you, Bob. <laughs> One. Yeah, except for you. That was 13 commodities, and I said, to me, it suggests the possibility of a turn in all these commodities. Of the 13 commodities, 13 of them turned, and they turned that day. This is not because Bob is so smart. This is because Bob knows who to follow, and Jake Bernstein and the David Sentiment Indicator is the single most valuable tool I have ever used. Well, that's quite the compliment. We've had an opportunity to speak with Mr. Bernstein in the past as well. I want to ask you about what I would consider a wild card in this conversation, because Russia produces about 40% of the palladium in the world. What do you see palladium doing in the future. I think it has the possibility of maybe being the next rhodium, or am I wrong here? The interesting thing is you have to look at the entire picture. What do we use palladium for? Combustible engines, catalytic converters. So if we cut the production of automobiles in half, how much more palladium do we need? Well, then we don't need as much, absolutely. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of commodities that it would appear there would be shortages in palladium being one. But uh, I, I'll just flat tell you, if we go into a depression, we're not going to need quite as many cars being produced as are being produced today. So the actual demand for palladium could go down because of uh, the production of automobiles. What's going to happen to the demand for wheat? going to go up. It, it's going to go up. Yeah. Okay. The <laughs> supply is going to get cut substantially, but the demand's actually going to go up. Now, I've been reading for months about what a disaster the farmers are predicting for this year because, one, the cost of energy, and that's before Putin, and, two, the cost of potash and ammonium nitrate which both require a lot of energy to produce, we are going to have a food crisis like we have never dreamed before. And I've seen lots of pictures of grocery stores in the United States with empty shelves. Now, I am 75, and I have never seen grocery stores with empty shelves. But you can go to your local grocery store now and see it, and that's just the start. Let me ask you this question. This is, again, a wild card. I think there's probably a 35% chance of this occurring. How concerned are you about Russia responding with cyber warfare on the U.S., and in particular on our banking system? Did you say 35%? I think 35%. Either you're, you're going to say 5 or 95 100%. <laughs> he would be a totally idiot if he didn't. What words of wisdom would Bob Moriarty share with those listening today that have cash in the bank. Don't worry about the cash in the bank. You don't own it anymore. <laughs> Are you kidding? Talk to Justin Trudeau and ask him what he thinks about your cash in the bank. <laughs> exactly. Uh, my, my words of wisdom that I've shared with those that I love is go to your bank right now and get out any cash that you can. And I would go with uh, any notes that are smaller than tens. You look back uh, two weeks ago in the Ukrainian situation, the, the two images that stuck out to me were the long lines to get out of the country and people lined up at the ATM machines. You don't want to be 
reactive. You want to be proactive. Make those prudent decisions now. And another prudent decision you can make is how you may be able to position your portfolio to capitalize on these market conditions. Bob, let's talk about some resource stocks that have your attention right now. Here's what I'm going to say. And rather than talk about one, give me, name a country that had hyperinflation, a current country. Argentina, Venezuela. Argentina, uh, Zimbabwe. Okay. What happened to the overall stock market? It went up. It went up in nominal dollars and it went down in real value. That's absolutely going to happen. Now, I I was in the gold market in the 70s when uh, South African gold stocks were paying 20 and 25 percent dividends. And there were stocks that went from 40 cents to 40 bucks. Stocks like uh, El Oro, SK, even Nova Gold, uh, Lion One. These companies have the ability to go up tenfold if the world is sane. I'm trying to convince your watchers, and I absolutely believe this, we have just entered a war, uh, not a war, we have just entered a world of total insanity, and it's time to protect yourself. And actually, there's something more important than getting your money out of the bank, because that creates the other problem. What the hell do you do with it? And and, and that is, if your dollars decrease by 90% tomorrow, what other than taking the money out of the bank could you do to protect yourself? And that is to own physical precious metals. Or resource stocks. Mm-hmm. Both. And, and I've been candid, and we've been talking about physical metals okay for for years now because you get paid for recommending physical metals oh well you're not gonna listen to maurice why would i listen to maurice he's selling this shit uh i i don't sell it okay i i just buy it okay but i have bought a considerable amount of, of gold and silver because Barbara and I saw this coming 15 years ago. If you would protect yourself by having some physical gold, physical silver, it will offset the effects of the currency going down. It's actually a bad idea to start a run on the bank because when the banks collapse, what are they going to do with the rest of your money? They're going to steal it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Capital controls, you name it. Well, now, now here, here's the deal, and that's very important. It's something that I learned in Vietnam. There are limits to power, and governments don't recognize it. Go ask Trudeau. Are there any limits to your power? No, no, no. I'm the most important person in Canada. I'm, I'm the richest person. I have more control than anybody. I have all the power. Well, guess what? He didn't have the power to convince people not to take money out of the banks, and the money was flowing out of the banks in the terms of hundreds of millions of dollars. Governments just believe they have power, but they don't really have the power they think they do. And in the end, it turns around and bites them on the ass. Which precious metals are you buying and why? Ah, that's actually a really good question. You and I have talked many times, and and in general, uh, my belief was uh, to, to buy platinum. I saw platinum as the cheapest of the five metals. But uh, I, I think now probably silver, and the reason for it is quite simple. When we were on a gold standard, <clears throat> What metal was there the most demand for? Silver, wasn't it? Why? Gold is for the nation and silver is for the people. Nah, nah. 
if you reached in your pocket in 1960, what did you find? Well, you'd have your coinage was 90% silver. Yeah. How many gold coins would there be? Well, there were none. None. Nobody transacted things in gold. Corporations did. Companies did. You'd keep gold in the bank, but you didn't use gold on a day-to-day basis. I mean, $20 gold piece had 98% of an ounce. The commodity that you used on a constant basis was silver. And everything from, from the 10 cent coin on up uh, was 90% silver. Well, so then I was correct. I, I was saying gold was for the nation and, and silver's for the people for day-to-day transactions. But yes, you're yeah. saying nations. Yeah. Too complicated. <laughs> okay. So silver and platinum are your choices. I, here's what I'm seeing on my side as a person that, that sells precious metals through Miles Franklin. I'm seeing an increased demand for gold. And I always wonder, why would you buy something when it reaches an all-time high? But those are the calls I'm receiving. And they're predominantly from someone that's never purchased precious metals before. But they don't follow the ratios. And that's something you and I have covered for years now. And so that's how you're able to determine what's on sale. It is. So we're going to go with silver first for you. Platinum and is gold number three for you? Uh, or gold is not in yeah, the equation. probably would. And, and you just picked up on a really, really interesting and important point. The latecomers to the party uh, are buying gold because that's all they know. But you're going to see, you know, you're going to start having 10 times as many people hitting your site. Gold hasn't finished its climb. It's just started. Yeah, I'm reminded of a comment you made, and you may not remember this, but uh, it was a very important comment, and it resonated with me. And you say to that, if you do not own precious metals, you are financially ignorant. And I, I can't say that comment is more important today than ever before. Well, I don't percent and, and strange enough, the Russians and the Chinese figured that out years ago. Uh, we've had a program to turn Putin into a monster for 10 years or 20 years. And it's not because Putin's a bad guy, it's because the United States wants to be the only power on Earth. And, and of course, that's going to change, and it did just change. But Putin has an economic advisor who's really smart, and, and the guy's been saying for years, you got to go to a gold standard. And Russia has effectively by removing the tax on gold, it's literally just gone to a gold standard. And, and believe me, if the Europeans want natural gas or oil, they'll pay for it in gold. And when they do, the world is going to go to a gold standard. And Biden's stupidity has turned or will turn the United States into a third world nation. Now, did I tell you about Hunter Biden's new job? Oh, no. What's his new job now? Okay, well... <laughs> Do you know who, who Joe Biden says the smartest guy he knows? No, I'm not aware. I'm not aware. He, he calls Hunter Biden the smartest guy he knows. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. So last Christmas, your wife got you an 18th old Rolex for Christmas, which is a really nice present. But uh, the problem with the Rolex is that it's, it's running too fast and it's not keeping accurate time. So Joe Biden talked to his crackhead son and said, son, you got to get a job. Okay, we can't count on Ukraine giving us bribes anymore. I, I think quite bluntly that Joe Biden was the big guy. I, I think he was getting 10% of the bribes. I know Pelosi was getting bribes through her son. I know that uh, John Kerry was getting bribes through his son. And I think Joe Biden was the big guy. But he talked to Hunter and said, Hunter, you got to get a job. So Hunter, Hunter took a paint-by-number course 
in, in watchmaking. You went to your local jeweler and said, my Rolex running too fast. And they said, well, we, we just hired a new guy who just finished the class. We'll give it to him. So you go in the back and there's Hunter Biden at a jewelry bench with all his tools in front of him. And you give the watch to him and, and say, it's running too fast. And Joe looks at it and turns it upside down and checks serial number, all that stuff, puts it down on the bench. And guess what? The only tool is that he's got. Is it his pipe? A fucking <laughs> hammer. <laughs> okay. And he takes a fucking hammer to the watch and he gives it back to you. And he says, it's not going to run fast anymore. <laughs> Joe Biden has just done that to the world's economy. When... You think of yourself as a nail. Everything looks like a hammer. Great analogy there. Great, great analogy. I like that one. I'll, that, that, that'll stick with me for a long time. And one final piece here that actually fits with this narrative. I'm thinking back to 2019 Basel III where gold became a Tier 1 asset. And I can just see Putin again strategizing because before it was a Tier 3 asset. And for those that weren't aware, that meant that Gold was basically receiving 50% of its face value, the spot price. Now it's recognized on, by the central banks as a tier one asset, 100% of its face value. So I think that, that also plays into this discussion that we're having here today that I just thought about as you were speaking. I, I don't think that's significant. We've been hearing for years about how gold was going to go through the roof because of it being a tier one asset that central banks and what they were going to do. And first of all, all the central banks are bankrupt, okay? And, and Joe Biden's sanctions on Russia, it's going to become very obvious soon they're all bankrupt because this goes back to the Rolex and the hammer. You can make a Rolex slow down by using a hammer on it, but at the end of the day, you've just blown the system up. We're going to have revolutions. We're going to have government changes. We're going to have millions of people starving. We're going to have millions of people uh, who, who can't heat their home uh, through some exceptionally stupid decisions. Now, let's go back to the very heart. Do you personally give a shit whether Ukraine gets in NATO or not? I do not, sir. I don't either. Is absolutely meaningless to him. I don't give a damn if Putin is the devil incarnate. He doesn't want Ukraine and NATO. Well, that's, that's just fine. Let's go with that. Ukraine has the ability to end the war in one day. And what's happening is the United States is pushing Zelensky. And we're saying, don't worry about it. We've got your back. We're going to fight to the last drop of Ukrainian blood. Now, yeah. I regret... Putin invaded. I regret the United States and Ukraine causing the invasion. I regret the Russians dying. I regret the Ukrainians dying. And Zelensky can end it in one day. The crazy thing is, this is so easy. The United States could have ended it. Ukraine could have ended it. Poland could have ended it. Romania could have ended it. Germany could have ended it. And they're all saying, no, 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 the United States got all the power. We want to belong to their club. Well, the club is run by somebody who's senile, whose smartest uh, advisor is a crackhead. You don't get any dumber than that. It's an empire. 
<laughs> well, Bob, in closing, what keeps you up at night that we don't know about? <laughs> well, here's what's so funny because, hey, Bob, you can tell us all that shit's going on. The world's going to blow up. The dollar's going to hell. The euro's going to hell. The EU's going to hell. How do you sleep at night? Well, I knew this was coming 15 years ago, and I've been planning for it, and I ain't prepared. And I don't give a damn what those fools do. I'm going to be okay. I'm trying to help other people be okay. And that is the same intent we have here. That's the purpose we're why we're having this interview, this discussion here. Last question, sir. What did I forget to ask? I'm sure there are hundreds of things that you should have and could have asked. We are at the most important pivot in history, and to the extent that if you can barely keep up with it, you're doing just great. <laughs> well, Bob, for someone that wants to learn more about your work, please share the website address. Uh, 321gold.com and I've got half a dozen books on Amazon and I will talk about a new book and it's called The Money Revelation uh, a German came to me and said there was a book written a hundred years ago by a German that is the classic book about what money is and what it should do and what it can't do and I want to translate it into English and, and publish it. And I said, okay, and he and I have been working on this for about six months. It literally was released yesterday, okay? Oh. It's called The Money Revelation, and it is the best book on money I've ever read. And it was a genuine pleasure to participate in bringing it to the market. Well, Bob, where can we get a copy? Amazon. Well, Mr. Moriarty, it's been a pleasure speaking with you, sir. Wishing you the absolute best, sir. Okay, very good. You have a good weekend. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.